0: Dude, we I just kind like of, like, going through the motions, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, if I can be honest, this, like, this past year, it's been just going through the motions, so... <laughs> that's yeah, kinda, what do you mean, bro? Uh, you know, I mean, just, like, nothing, like, bad, just, you know, like, with work and everything, I mean, it's just, you know...
0: I'm trying to make it happen?
1: Yeah, and also, like, if it's any, uh, good excuse of why, uh... The podcast has been put on hold I'm kind of like transitioning in my job you know going from more like bookkeeping roles to actually starting to work on audits and everything so like yeah moving everything yeah. has been just like taking up a bunch of time
0: yeah I mean yeah I mean I said that about that shit about myself like moving in um or like looking for a house getting married having the brand new job Mm-hmm. But Yeah, you did, a, you did a bunch of that shit, too. You know, you got a new house, and you're getting, like, the, the new um, role at your job. So, I mean, we just been busy as fuck. Are you
1: still at the school right now?
0: Yeah, I got on full-time. Whew. So, um, basically, before, I, they would just pay me a, a couple thousand dollars to teach a class. But now, you know, I'm, like, a full-time salary earning office having person who teaches the classes too you know so I'm like on committees and like creating uh course shells and stuff for people to use uh but it's like it's like a real job now so you know I actually have money yeah Um, yeah. and like I said it's just like a big thing but also a huge way more responsibility like I go to the campus every day but like before I would only go to a campus when I had class and then you know I would hang out for maybe an hour after the class if any students needed anything. Mm-hmm. Mostly I would just sit at the sit at home working at home. And so I didn't really have that much responsibility before. But look at you—you you got all this responsibility. You're doing it from home. Yeah, and uh,
1: so it's university, right?
0: No, it's just a community college. It's um, it's the big. It's like one of the biggest ones in the state. It's the one in downtown Charlotte, and they have like five satellite campuses. Um, so, and it's, so it has a lot to it. You know, there's a lot of like, um, administration and like departments and support for me and support for the students. So it's a great school to work at because it's real established. It has a lot of money from the County and then like the city. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, no, it's not a university, but it is actually a a big um, community college. I think my, uh, I think my language
1: is just failing me. I just meant like a college. I forget that universities are like multiple colleges or however that works, but I, yeah, yeah. I, I did just mean that at a college in general, like not high school level.
0: Yeah, so I I don't know if I would like the high school level, but if I wanted to do it, I would have to actually get a ed- education certificate. But to teach at a college or university or whatever you want to call it, you actually only need like a master's degree in any subject that you would want to teach. So you actually don't need any formal education in education. Mm. But to do something like our, you know, like what Logan would do. Um, he, like, probably had to get certified, you know? Mm-hmm. And some people do that in their degree, if they get, like, a bachelor's degree in education. Yeah, it's like a secondary. I uh,
1: Before I went into political science in school, the first two years were secondary science education, which was, like, getting a biology degree oh, yeah? and, like, some education classes.
0: Okay, so you know what I'm talking about then. Yeah. But you wouldn't need any of that, like, education background to teach at a college technically which is
1: super cool i guess it makes sense for some subjects right that like it may just be better if you have like experience <laughs> over the degree i guess
0: yeah yeah i guess it's like if if you think that the degree a master's degree equivalents is an equivalent to experience mm-hmm. but i mean someone like me who just like instantly got a bachelor's degree in english like whatever that means well, well, right? i was gonna say
1: what's experience in english <laughs> right
0: yeah <laughs> i it wrote a lot of wrote a lot of things but you know I wrote some papers, but yeah, mm-hmm. it would be cool. Um, I think to do some writing, like if I if I think of myself as a writing teacher, then I, you know what is experience. I think it would be cool to actually have something published, right? But oh, yeah. I guess in the mean in the meantime, like a degree is is the experience because I had to write to get it. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm teaching students how to write papers, it's like, well, I was a student for a while, and I had to write a lot of papers, and this is what I learned. Yeah. And that's at least a little bit of um, authority or, like, credibility on the subject. But I don't know, like, what experience would be, right? Hopefully, public publication. Have you ever wanted to be,
1: uh, what's the word here?
0: Published? Published, yeah. yeah basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be neato to, like, have a book or, um... Like a nonfiction book that you did a little bit of research for, or else like a, even like a story that you wrote, like a novel. Interesting. Or short or short stories, you know, that you get just published in like, you know, publications like magazines or online magazines where you don't really get paid a lot, but at least, you know, you have this list of publications. So wouldn't that be neat? Yeah, you know, you some
1: I've known you forever and I never knew you were into like <laughs> it, it should have clicked, but I didn't know you were into writing.
0: Yeah, I was, I've was. i always been into so much stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think I just let it sit on the back burner. But then when I became, like, a, a teacher of English, I was like, well, writing is, like, what I'm talking about. I have always liked writing. That's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like I've, I've been into music. But I'll tell you, like, when I met Logan, it was in our communications um, program. And it was because I was wanting to do journalism. That's what I did my undergraduate in. And when I was a freshman in college, the reason I chose that basically is because I wanted to be a music journalist. I wanted to write like reviews, um, and articles about bands and shows and releases, especially in the like in the, the metal community. So this podcast makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But um, I realized, you know, I always wanted to be. I everything I've always wanted to do has had to do with writing.
1: Yeah, I was I was, I was piecing that together. as <laughs> the There's the music, there's, uh, uh, I don't know if you still play, but like me and you both enjoy D&D, and I definitely prefer DMing over playing, because I also like curating a story, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly, and like the building that comes with it, like the creating that comes with like like writing fiction is the same that would come with uh, the creating that comes with creating a world for a game like that, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, well that's cool. Are you uh, working towards publishing anything, or is it kind of just still like a... A back burner
0: at the moment. Uh, I think what I'm really working on right now is just something where, in the long term, I can be that English teacher who people look at and like, "Wow, he never really did get anything published." By which I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what to do. I'm just like, that would be cool. Maybe one day I'll do that, and not really exerting enough energy into any of it to make any of it happen. Like, I remember in a creative writing class I took in am I during my master's program one of the things we actually focused on was like how to get published specifically for, if you're like writing short stories or wanted to have like a book idea and get a deal for it. Yeah. But I didn't really pay that much attention. Cause I was like, I don't know. Is that really what I'm doing? I kind of want to be a teacher right now, but I realized, you know, both things can go together. So lately what I've been doing is research and like, um, let's say I just write a short story. That's 2000 to 4,000 words. There's actually a big market for that. Mm-hmm. And you'll get, you know, not like a lot of money, you know, maybe like $5 or like, $50, but then you put it on a list of things that have been published and that's actually how you would get a book deal. Yes. And to get a book deal where you actually sold a novel, like, you know, here's a, a 50,000 to 100,000 word story with, like, 20 characters, you know, where there's an alien <laughs> and, you know, who is it? You know, actual story. You don't just get a book deal unless you're, like, published and you don't get published until you're published small time in these little, like, journals and magazines and stuff like that. Yeah. But you got to be a reader, too. So a lot of what I'm doing is just catching up, like reading the kind of fiction that I want to write mm. as well.
1: You know, I have finally uh, taken into reading during all
0: this time off. I know. It's actually been motivating for me to see, you know, you get into, um, like, speculative fiction, like, uh, especially fantasy. Yeah, and I don't know what
1: it is about fantasy that, I mean, you know, <laughs> a lot of things I like are fantasy-based, you know? Uh yeah. But what I'm finding I'm liking in it is the medium for storytelling that is still, like, relatable to, like, a reader, you know? Because it's almost like you take lessons, even though they're in a world that (laughs) makes no sense, I guess. That's
0: what stories should be, right? They should have a point. So if you're, like, taking a lesson away from it, even though it's in, like, a fantasy world, that's what a good story is, right?
1: Yeah, I've, I've learned that I think... It took some time to realize this, but... I don't think plots are actually what interests me in a story. Actually, uh, I think it's about like character relationships and character developments within stories. And yeah. it's definitely like very tropey, but I think fantasy does it well. You know, like you take like the the hero who doesn't want it kind of thing. <laughs> you or, know,
0: yeah, or somebody and they transform.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, when I like have been more into writing lately you know some of the reading i've been doing to get into writing is like reading what other writers are saying about writing so that's reading in and of itself like reading on writing by stephen king or like what writing teachers have said about writing Mm -hmm. and some of the stuff they say has been inspiring of course that's the point of the books yeah um but you know what they say is like it's not really about plot like the plot is going to end up there And, you know, you're going to need a good one for it to to land the story. Mm -hmm. But really what what happens is chemistry. It's like cooking. You just find the ingredients, you put them together, and you have to just tell the story of what happens. So it's like, what is this character like? What is this character like? What happens to them that's just amazing or horrible that you never would have thought? And how does it change them and make them interact? And then the plot will be how those characters change. And that's just totally introspective. Like, you just make it up as you go. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's like, I guess if you're reading a story, um, that's what you're really looking for. is something raw where a writer is telling, you know, a story about how some characters actually really changed or something, you know, important happened that mattered to them as if they were real people. Mm-hmm. So it's the characters, not the plot.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess what you're saying is, I mean, they go hand in hand because, like, the characters are what drive the plot. So it's like, you yeah. know, they go hand in hand. I if guess. you have the
0: characters, the plot will fall into place. Yeah, And and even even Stephen King has been like, sometimes you just need something to like move things along. Like you just throw in like a random explosion that happens to kill like 90% of the main characters just to see what the rest would do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that becomes a major plot point. But it's like, when I was doing it, I was like, I just felt kind of like nothing was going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's really though, it's about... Maybe the characters and the things that happen to them, and then the plot is what comes out of that. It's more of the... Damn, imagine being those characters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, damn, that was my lot. I just got blown up to see what would happen to those characters.
1: (laughs) You know, I really couldn't see a purpose for you anymore, so I really wanted to see how this would affect someone else. (laughs) Have you,
0: uh... couldn't have been anyone.
1: Have you, uh, read any Stephen King?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm... Um, Have
1: you? Yeah, yeah, I've read two of his books. I've read, uh... Salem's Lot, and um, it was a newer one I got at the airport in high school. I think it's called The Offspring
0: or something. No, what is that book called? The uh, it, out, um, it's the one with like the little straw dude, Outsiders. The Outsider, hang on, no, let no. me open
1: this one door that shows my bookshelf, and I can just tell you
0: real quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. that would be way too hard. <laughs> That's funny, cause all the books, the two books, I say, the two books you mentioned, are two of the only ones. Like, I have, I have not read those, and I have actually read or heard a lot. It's uh, The Outsider. Yeah, you were right. Okay. Uh, That's one of his
1: newer ones. I loved Salem's Lot in high school. It was like,
0: I know that movie got you. Yeah,
1: Stephen King. It's interesting. I did all this talk about characters just now, but I'm gonna contradict myself real quick.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Salem's Lot. None of the scary, like none of the, uh, like okay, like there were obviously some scary scenes with the people and stuff, but almost the way he like set up the town and described the ambience is what actually I thought was spooky. Like gave me a weird vibe, right? Yeah, it was almost like the place. That's what people say. Yeah, it was almost like the. Take, like, a haunted house situation, right? Like, it's the house that's scary? Yeah. This was, like, the the Salem's Lot was scary, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, people say that's one of the things that he's good at. It's, like, um, just being descriptive and just making it creepy just through the description of what's happening. Not even what's happening, necessarily, but... Yeah, so he can set that ambiance. hmm But I haven't read that one, or the newer one that you were talking about, but I have read or listened to a lot over the last um, two or three years. Like around the time when um, the new It movies were coming out, mm-hmm. I I did go ahead and uh, listen to the audiobook all the way through. You know, so I could be one of those assholes who is like, you know, comparing the book to the movie at the movie theater. It's just the kind of person I am. I have read or listened to like, Maybe ten or fifteen more, since then, um, of his stories. Like uh, some of my favorites are uh, the older ones, especially like from the eighties or the nineties. So I like the Dark Half, which is a nineties one. Mm-hmm. I like Christine, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the car, um, is the book actually liked- good? Like of oh, the car. It was one. Of, yeah, it was one of the early ones, so it was very cheesy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was very, like, extra. And so, for that reason, I thought it was great and lovable and, like, iconic. And, uh, Cujo. I was gonna say, was a, Cujo was one of that. my favorite movies. <laughs> I I have yet to actually watch it. It's goofy as hell, as you can imagine. <laughs> Is it the way the dog looks, or what? Well,
1: like, the dog, not that they didn't go with the dog. He, uh... Okay, good. It gives Sandlot vibes. You remember the dog in Sandlot?
0: No. Oh, have you seen Sandlot? Let me look it up. (laughs) Sandlot dog.
1: I think it's probably the same dog in, like, the...
0: Oh, yeah? It's the same actor? Yeah. Hercules?
1: Yeah, it's this big dog they're scared of. I'm like, oh, no, that's definitely not the same dog from Cujo.
0: But... (laughs) Well, well, they put a little makeup on him. You'd be surprised what they can do to an acting dog with some makeup. (laughs)
1: Well, I think the point of the movie was, like, uh, I think you were seeing it from the kid's point of view in a lot of scenes, and it made the dog seem like he was, like, got like, 20 feet (laughs) big or something, you know? And then, I think there were at least some points in the movie towards the end where they were like, oh, it's just a dog, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are you talking about Sandlot or or Kudo? Oh, in Sandlot, Sandlot, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> okay
1: they were scared of this like old man's like Classic. fenced off area because of the dog and yeah they'd always
0: and you finally see it at the end that it's just like a regular ass dog but there. i think it's the same thing with
1: Cujo. where i mean this is like the 80s or 90s so i think like some scenes you could tell it's Practical like a real effects. dog <laughs> you know like you're just like oh that's just a normal sized dog running out <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i gotta watch that one then i just remember. i want to see like how it ends and stuff
1: Pointless thing to mention, but I bet it's another book. Maybe you hadn't read by him, but I just remembered another Stephen King book I've read. Okay, I have read Deliverance Secret also.
0: Sir? Deliverance. I think that's the that's name? the one. Is that Stephen King? Uh, Deliverance that's, is the that's movie. Oh wait, wait, oh wait. Set set out,
1: and, uh, no, wait. And you're right. Backwards. You're right. You're right. What is with me right now? Hang on.
0: Stephen King. Did you really Ta-da. read
1: that? No, no, I is haven't read misery? that. No, I haven't read that. Okay, the... Misery? The cover of the... Hang on, let me look up something. <laughs> Desperation, that's it.
0: Oh! Yeah, I have not actually. You're right. Desperation.
1: And it's weird, because Desperation and Outsider...
0: It's set in, like, a cowboy town, right? Or am I crazy? Yeah, no, you're right. Okay. Uh,
1: what's weird about that one and Outsider... I'm remembering I bought them both at the airport. You know, like, you're about to go on this flight. Really? Yeah, you're about to go on this flight, and, like, that's when everyone decides they'll read, you know?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't know what it that is.
0: in the new year.
1: You pay, like, an absurd amount for a hardcover book that you haven't even been looking for. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> so you still have them?
1: I don't know where my Desperation copy is, but I have Outsider.
0: Okay. Well, so is which one you liked more? My outsider was a lot better, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So that must be why you kept it. Yeah. Do you remember like the plot and everything of these books? You sort of like okay, a general so idea of them.
1: Not I've already forgot the name after our closes it Desperation. <laughs> Whatever that one is.
0: Yeah, Desperation was the one that I think it said in like Cowboy. I think you're times. right.
1: I don't remember it well. Um Outsider was Kassaran. cool. It was something where like this Oh, my God, I'm trying to remember. I feel like he was a literal straw man. Like, he was like a dude made of straw or something. Outsider.
0: But I think... That's
1: an... The Outsiders is a movie, but it's Stephen King The Outsider. Oh. And I think... Why can I not remember what this was about? And, like, there was a dude framed for, like, a murder
0: or something...
1: It was, like, the thing killed some kid, right?
0: Oh, I'm trying um, to remember,
1: and... the
0: I think I do remember the synopsis at the back of the book saying, like, a kid disappears. And that's, like, the beginning of the action of the book. Yeah, yeah. Like, the first half
1: of the book is all that, and then, like, he, like, gets unjustly, like, blamed for all of it and, like, goes to court, and then, like, the second half is, like, the thing showing up right before he goes to court or something, and I can't remember. <laughs> I cannot remember the thing. It the thing. The thing. How, how horrifying.
0: Like, I, I don't really know. There was a thing in it. It was pretty good. I kept it. You know, there was a scary thing in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what I look for in my Stephen King books.
1: Hmm.
0: Right now, I just started listening to The Stand.
1: Oh, I've heard good things about that one.
0: Yeah, apparently that's the one that all of his uh, 80s fans are like, yeah, that was his good one. It's like the master class. Gotcha. And even even he's like, dang, like anytime I you know, do anything, everybody, anybody just compares it to this Stand. So I guess that was the one that was the good one. He says. I hear a lot of people
1: rave about a Dark Tower.
0: That's a whole series, and people do. Yeah. That's true, too. And it's not as
1: horror-based, is it, right? Like, it's like Kinda of more like like dark fantasy or something, isn't
0: it? I, I Yeah, really... and even the stand isn't really like horror. It's more like about like um like a disease or like radiation or something. It's kinda of scarier if you ask me. <laughs> That's true. I guess I should say this is maybe not like supernatural, yeah but practically realistic horror. <laughs> That's the horror I don't like reading. <laughs>
1: I like to make sure I think that's something about fantasy books I like. I'm kinda like, let me just forget about this actual world for a minute. <laughs> Go somewhere yeah. else. I don't think I wanna read a <laughs> book his... that's like, what if <laughs> humanity dabbled <laughs> a little too far? Shit. I'm like, well we will, so I don't wanna know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I don't really wanna <laughs> I don't even <need> <laughs> think about that right now. <laughs> well, there's one of his books that I read it was another one of my favorites I forgot to mention, it is about there's this one guy Who's like really against nuclear energy mm-hmm. and nuclear power and nukes in general, like nuclear technology, because he just thinks it's like so dangerous and there's like meltdowns and it's also just the the threat of like mad, mm-hmm. like mutually assured destruction and so. Oh, I'm a political science major. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have had to. <laughs> you know your acronyms, Jake. About that. Um, and then he starts like think- thinking about like you know how bad it is when when. One person or only one group of people or only some groups of people have that kind of power and other groups don't he's like thinking of world politics or whatever it's something he thinks about a lot but then he he un- he is one of two people who accidentally unearths like an alien ship that's giving them mad power and so it's like a it's like an underlying theme and my point is maybe you'd like that book because it starts off kind of real world like uh-oh but then you know it just turns into you know crazy alien shit like sci-fi that's totally unique so maybe that would be a good one for you it's called the tommy knockers so. i like that one
1: because it's just the one thing he's afraid of of course he's the one that does it <laughs> you know
0: yeah it, and he's just like yeah and it's, it takes something so literal like, and then they have to
1: the use the nukes to kill humans. the alien right
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you're getting you might as well not read it you figured it out okay okay <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Local Locus. Lo-
0: <laughs> that's how we're going to have to do it. Well, here's what were we talking about just before this? That's why I wanted to start off. Oh, the, the desks. Oh, yeah. So here's a big change that's happened. Um, you know, we haven't, I guess what we've been kind of chatting about is that without the podcast, we haven't even really kept up that much. So we have a lot to talk about, right?
1: True, true.
0: Well, here's one thing that's that's big. Uh, not only you know have you've always been like the full-time best job you know office type guy even from before in the last like time when we were recording but now there's me too you know I have my own office mm-hmm. and one of the best things about it is my desk they gave me this awesome desk and it has this up and down button it can be a standing desk it can be you know three feet tall you know it can help me with my posture like you were talking about mm-hmm. and I, I don't know I just feel like I just wanted to brag a little bit about my new office and see, you know, how's your office life doing?
1: Uh, So what I'm hearing is you got some hydraulics put into your (laughs)
0: desk. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like the old Cadillac of a desk. That's what I'm picturing. Are you like those
1: uh, 90s West Coast wrappers, like in your desk?
0: It's it's a big, heavy desk. It's all pimped out. You know, I got um, some pictures of my wife on it. I got some, you know, fake plants on it.
1: Dude, speaking of changes, I think you weren't married last time we podcast. That's true,
0: too. That's true, too. You know, it was a good year, even though we didn't get to do a lot of talking about heavy metal Mm
1: in 2022. mm
0: -hmm. It was a great year for me. You know, it didn't mean I wasn't hustling. Yeah. And uh,
1: speaking of desk, I had a good year as well. Um, I'm actually I have to go in the office every now and then. but I'm pretty much working remotely from home now.
0: Okay. yeah. Speaking of big changes, right. And
1: Speaking of working from home, I bought a house last year, so... I know! (laughs) I like to think it's a, um... (laughs) So you'll hear everyone say this, and it's very true. You're going to feel like you're signing your life away for a little bit.
0: (laughs) Really? Why do you say that?
1: Oh, man, let me tell you. So, uh, not only is it a little bit of a pain, like, like, honestly, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Like, you do have to get that down payment and all that stuff, you know? Um, yeah. When you're on that final day, though, right? Like, when you're truly agreeing for the bank to give you that loan and everything.
0: You're about to shake hands. I
1: I must have signed my signature on, like, upwards of 20 documents. You know, like, just an initialing here. Like, just saying different things, you
0: know? Yeah. Just signing it away. You're just like, I don't even, I couldn't possibly know what all these things say. I I was a little. I just give me the house, man. It was probably a little
1: annoying because, like, I obviously wasn't going to read all of it, but. Each time I'd get to a new thing, I'm like, all right, so in layman's terms, what's this mean? <laughs> what's this mean? <laughs> like, instead of yeah, me just yeah. flipping and signing, I'm like...
0: Well, did they tell you? You know, were they pretty upfront? front? Were you like, well, yeah, did, yeah, like, clear and explanatory?
1: They, they did good, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a bunch of different ways to say what happens if you fail making the payments, and so I, I just <laughs> took that as, you know... Don't, don't fuck don't, up. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll have more chances to talk about that. But I guess we can get into, you know, why we why we really come together on local locusts, right? Mm-hmm. To put the spotlight on local and underground heavy music, and I think, um, you know, we just to get things started since we just brought a couple of bands. I just wanted to say I think we brought the perfect bands to just come back swinging to show that you know some things don't change. You know, <laughs> we have a lot of the same type of music. Um, so if you're a listener who's been with us through you know previous episodes i think you'll be delighted um, with our selections of music for you today
1: yeah i uh <laughs> it couldn't have been more stereotypical
0: <laughs> if you ask me <laughs> and you were like the first to observe that right and then i was like i remember when we did like the normal episode um you know a couple years ago mm-hmm. it was this exact type of band so this one might just be the normal episode <laughs> number two
1: and I mean, you know, we need to, we need to ease people back in, right? So if I'd have brought something I wouldn't normally bring and you did, I think it'd throw the whole, we'd be yeah, in shame right now. Yeah,
0: we had a dynamic going, you know, and some things, you know, why fix it if it's broken? So what I will say is one thing I do want to bring back, um, you know, definitely wasn't broken, so I do want to keep it around was the breakdown of the week, but you know, just bringing one band, um, and this band, I didn't really notice, uh. It wasn't really a breakdown type band. It was it was in the same category, right? It's like a hardcore, um, metallic hardcore kind of band that I'm bringing to you this week, right, from Austin, Texas, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it, they weren't really a breakdowny band. So I do want to do the breakdown of the week in future episodes as we as we bring things back. But um, I don't have that this week. But what kind of what kind of music do you have for us this week, Jake?
1: Oh yeah, let me pull out my my zinger of a note real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing you some beer drenched troll metal (laughs) from Finland.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, It's like, it does make (laughs) me think of like, you know, goblin themed metal, that medieval type. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about this band, too.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, you kind of touched on the metallic hardcore, but is there anything else you want to add on that before we jump in?
0: I think that's a good enough teaser. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Well, uh, would you like me to start and make a. Uh, joke out of my, (laughs) what am I trying to say here? How am I trying to pronounce this, you know?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, as we've come into the chat and we started talking to each other, I've just been kind of light footing around, tiptoeing around the fact that I have no idea how we're going to pronounce this name. (laughs) Like mine's pretty easy. So I can't wait to see how you try to pronounce this one.
1: But well, and speaking of like a normal episode, I think that's part of the course sometimes uh I, I think I've got a good read on the band I think we're yeah. listening to very kalpa I think that's a sounds okay Spanish. now yeah I mean now the album name <laughs> a few more
0: words I, I'm gonna go with tonturihuata <laughs> see it's those vowels they're a little bit different than the vowels I'm used to sing I'm not sure what to do with them but that's a pretty good one. What you got there? Okay, okay. I'm not gonna try myself. Hold on. Let me let me pull it up. Yeah, very kalpa. Yeah, very yeah. kalpa. Yeah, I think that I would do that too. Yeah, and tanturi hauta. That's my best guess. I think I think we said about the same thing almost. Yeah, it seems kind of hard to fuck up as long as you can break it down. You know, there's not too many vowels next to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes we see that in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um... But I guess we can talk more about the music itself, right? You know, we'll say
1: for future reference, though. Maybe I should start uh, looking into Duolingo. You know, just so I can bring a better product to this podcast.
0: Yeah, maybe <laughs> if you if you can get the right languages. Where do, where does uh Veri Kalpa come from? I mean, I assume
1: it's Finnish. They're a Finnish band, so uh, the best I got was that it means bloody something. <laughs> so
0: okay. Did you try to type that into like a translator? I did,
1: and I was confused because I think it just popped up with like Blood Sword, but the, the only reason I'm confused is listening to the band. I just don't get that kind of name vibe from it, I, I guess. Did,
0: it's kind of heavy metal, you know, and just in general. Yeah. I-, I can hear it. It's maybe more of a bard type instrument theme music <laughs> than sword music, but yeah, I can see it. Well, if you want to jump straight in,
1: I was trying to find something that just instantly uh, got to the uh, first thing that's going to hit you in the band. (laughs) So I was thinking the song, uh, (laughs) the ninth track, Hermos.
0: (laughs) You're just going for one that's easy to pronounce, but okay, we can do Uh, this one.
1: Listen, that one's probably wrong too.
0: (laughs) True, to be fair.
1: Uh, But I mean, this one, if you want to hit play, it's just right off the rip. Like I'm just doing the first 30 seconds.
0: Yeah, I think that up that sums it up Yeah, when you were were telling each other which albums to check out and you told me you were like, you know, there's this one feature that's going to probably stand out to you. You know, I heard, I read that and I, I, but when I actually went to listen to this album, I got to like the third track and I was finally just like, what instrument is that? (laughs) And that's when it finally hit me. I was like, oh yeah. This whole album, every song on it has an accordion.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure it's probably just because I looked at the band lineup. I'm sure it's, like a keyboardist you know but my goodness if I don't love that sound in the background (laughs) my gosh it actually works really well yeah for sure and that's what I liked about it is it was at the forefront at moments but then it also blended super well when they were just doing like verses and stuff and it's just kind of uh doing what the guitars and all are doing
0: um and you know the guitars to me the way the harmonies worked and, like, the intervals, like, the kind of scales they were using, I kind of got, like, a sort of uh, classic heavy metal, like, Iron Maiden type vibe.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: with that, like, type of music, we have the two dual guitars like that. When they added the accordion to that, it just took it to the next level.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I I kind of, like, if I were to, like, even get it close to a certain band, so uh, I was playing this for... Uh, Logan recently, <laughs> yeah, because I knew he'd like it. Because Logan's a big uh Ale Storm Ale Storm. fan, yeah. yeah, and I think it's Ailstorm and stuff like maybe even like Fin Troll. I don't know if you've listened to them. I think that's where a little bit of the troll metal might come from. Yeah, um, a-
0: well, it, it, and adjacent to the pirate metal. Yeah,
1: but it's a. I think it's the pirate metal with a with like a nice bite to it. I think it, I think it hits a little harder.
0: Yeah, because sometimes the pirate metal is sort of meant to be even tongue in cheek.
1: I think it's a little more gimmicky. If that's, uh, I don't know if I want to use that word, but
0: yeah. In this one, I felt like I don't know, was the accordion just a gimmick? No, I think it was. You know, it was pretty unique. Mm-hmm. It worked. I just describe it
1: as a fun album. This is something I would like to. Speaking of the beer drench part, I mean, I can see like if you're at a metal festival, this is the kind of thing you want to get drunk to and just listen to. Do a little jig in the in the mosh
0: pit, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just dancing around. I can see people with, like, the long red uh, beard, you know, maybe some braids in it. Yeah. to this kind of music. If I had a, like,
1: mental image for this band, it's when they finally slow it down a little bit, it's like your normal tavern music, you know? Everyone's just having a good time. But when it kicks in, I'm just picturing, like, a bar fight scene, you know what I mean? Yeah, but in like of course like the 1100s
0: <laughs> yeah or maybe even like a dragon attack you know with it without extreme it gets
1: um and honestly i think that's uh the most you can talk about with them i think it's a a fun album i think you're right i think it's very heavy metal thrash kind of guitar stuff yeah. like, like early thrash. like
0: mellow death like with those vocals Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess we didn't really Very touch extreme, on the vocals. Though. Yeah, the, the vocals yeah. are definitely like,
1: you know, black and death type vocals.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really feel like it's hard to pin down, you know, an exact quote-unquote, you know, specific genre for this for this band because of that. It's got a little bit of all that, especially when you bring in the vocals. Like you said, you hear the music, the vocals add like a whole nother darkness to it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's like a... mellow that's probably a good way to put it. Uh, when you right. think of the fact that finish... Black and mellow death.
0: Yeah but then there's just an accordion and it adds like a whole pirate vibe <laughs> yep. or troll vibe. I, I'm sorry. Troll. I didn't mean the you know, stereotype. Well, trolls are like
1: the, uh, you know, the fantasy pirates that live in the mountains, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe kind of a similar purpose. It's just a different region. <laughs> all right. And so speaking of changing regions, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I'll give you a chance to wrap up, um, with fairy Kalpa, uh, but we're going to have to go all the way, You know, from where your band is located, on that side of the world, all the way back to the U.S., to talk about my band in Texas. So, wrap us up here.
1: Again, anyone who likes just some good time metal, some fun, uh, upbeat, the occasional weird instrument thrown in there, (laughs) check out Very Kalpa with Tunturi Huata. (laughs) And yeah, honestly, uh, the song we featured was Hermos, but, uh... This is one of those albums that you can kind of throw on, and personally I think it's, I I mean this in a good way, like, the whole album kind of blends together, you know, you can throw it on and you're not going to get like a vibe change anywhere in there. Yeah, well,
0: so you brought, you know, just in on par with what you, you know, would have brought, as if nothing had changed, mm-hmm. uh, a band from um, from maybe like Northern Europe, you know, heavy metal, um, maybe with a little blackened uh, mellow death element with a name that can't be pronounced, you know, so very in character for you. Mm-hmm. And I only stereotype you to make uh, the same point about myself, right? The kind of band I brought is uh, this metallic hardcore band from Texas called The Bearer. And uh, they've got uh, a few EPs out, but I think this is their first full-length album. It's called Chained to a Tree. And I think it's just, I would just warn you if you're going to listen to this, no, it is chaotic as hell. It is angry as fuck. So yeah, I mean, it was kind of just that same riff that built up there. Yep. But they got all kind of riffs on this album, and you know the drumming I think was something I wanted to show off. You know, it was it kind of shows how it it can be kind of technical and mechanical at the same time that it's just kind of like unrelenting and chaotic. So I hope you dug this one, Jake.
1: Have you seen the movie
0: Whiplash? Um, no. Well, can you tell me about that one? Wait, hold up. <laughs>
1: it's uh it's about that like guy trying to get into like can't remember if it's, like, jazz music or something, but it's a drummer's movie, right? And the dude's, like, got this tight-ass teacher that, like, if he doesn't get anything right, he can't play for the band because it's about being, like, the best jazzy whatever band there is
0: that tours around, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the band director's real hard. a 2014 movie? It's a what? 2014 movie? Yeah, it should be, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Then what happens?
1: Uh, anyways... <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the movie here, I'm just saying, uh, (laughs) that little drum thing, I'm just picturing that guy with the over-under technique, just...
0: (laughs) Somebody make that meme, (laughs) just overlay that track (laughs) with that scene.
1: Yeah, because he, like you said, it's kind of technical, not what I'm expecting to hear, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it seems like it should be kind of like, um, unpolished, like, like kind of a raw energy, but... It's it actually seems really thoughtful, especially from like a musical compositional standpoint on some of these tracks. Mm-hmm.
1: If I gotta get the one thing I wanted to say out, uh, yeah. If I had to put a single phrase for like hardcore fans that want to listen to this, it's converge, not knocked loose. I think that's the best way <laughs> I can put it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's real heavy. Mm-hmm. It is really heavy, but I thought that you know, knocked loose. I think if you do like knocked loose, you definitely still like this kind of band, right? Oh yeah, they're both hardcore
1: bands. I wasn't saying like
0: uh, one or the other. You're just gonna say what side of the of the islets on? It, it's more old school hardcore to me, you know. Uh, yeah, from what I read, it's more of a late '90s sound. Yeah, exactly. Like Converge. I mean, if you want here in
1: a second, just listen to like their biggest song. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's more of like old school hardcore and not those like uh, almost like breakdowns that I feel like. You know, hardcore probably ended up getting from like more metalcore, deathcore sounds.
0: You know. Yeah. What songs do I listen to?
1: Uh, so just throw on. Uh, let me see if you type in Converge. <laughs> just play the very first song, Concubine. <laughs> 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 do you hear the instruments though? Just like.
0: <laughs> My
1: God. Yeah, it is mathy where it almost gets like Dillinger Escape Plan type riffs. You know.
0: That was another band I did see them compared to. Uh, but one thing that I, I think really stands out, and I guess a lot of hardcore is like this. but one thing that stands out about f- this band, The Bearer from other hardcore bands uh, that are in like that Metallica that metallic hardcore genre where it is really chaotic, is their, their mood as well. Like it has that kind of like somberness to it, like every track. Mm-hmm. And it remind me of like a, a band I know like called Church Tongue. There's another one I can think of. Uh, Another band I would compare them to is maybe like Tooth and Nail that we brought onto this show once. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have that same like sad like element. I don't know that like kind of melancholy, even when it's fast and heavy and chaotic. It's also like kind of like despondent. Yeah, I think
1: that's a good way to describe a lot of hardcore over metal is hardcore is also angry. But it's almost vulnerable in the fact that you can tell they're hurt, if that makes sense. Like it's almost like a.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, I, like I said, I want to call this really raw. It comes off as really raw, but that would be to deceive, to de- betray the fact that it's actually pretty thoughtful, not only in, like, the, that emotion, but also, like we were saying, the composition, um, like the drums and riffs. They're pretty tight, even when they're coming at you fast and, and apparently chaotic. Mm-hmm.
1: I would be amiss if I didn't talk about how much I love the album artwork. <laughs>
0: on this and also there's so much music out there you have to look at the album artwork that was definitely something I was factoring in when I was trying to pick something Oh,
1: if, if you do like we do and you're like sifting through just like what came out and everything you really mm-hmm. understand why like good artwork goes a long way because there's some stuff I won't even click on because I'm like that shit you know but
0: uh, yeah, uh this thing I didn't expect hardcore from it you know like the you sent, it almost you, looks like it would be like a math rock or like a stoner rock Yeah, yeah,
1: that's kind of the vibe I get, but maybe that's what they're going for, they think you're going to get these slow melodies, and then they just (laughs) bombard you. Oh, well, I I get that vibe, but uh, I I get just evil vibe, dude, you got a little little goat man on there.
0: (laughs) So I was expecting some, like,
1: I was expecting black metal to infiltrate somewhere, yeah, but it came in, like the thing you said, I think it's perfect just to relate it to like a throwback, it's like 90s hardcore. Um, yeah, but while still sounding like you know you're not listening production's to still
0: nice to and thick. I really like the the bass um and like the fullness of the low end on this on this record. Like um, if you want to talk about not just like the musicality of it, but the way it turned out on the production. Um, so I don't know if all all old productions are going to have that. So even if it is an old school kind of sound, it has a nice thick 2022, um, low end production too. What do you think?
1: Yeah, and I think that can actually help hardcore like this because as i was showing you converge uh that album that's like huge i think the album's jane doe uh yeah i personally could never get too much into it because the instruments are doing so much and they are in this album too but when you have that like 90s recording when everything's doing so much for me i don't know what it is in my ears i just hear crash cymbals and like (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> i mean the vocals mis- were like peaking on the mic it was yeah, yeah i think that was part of that aesthetic but i think you can keep that same rawness of like music uh, but still have like a nice more polished production not to say that this doesn't come off sounding nice and you know rough mm-hmm. when it needs to but yeah it has that full sound and so it's not just like you're saying symbols and high <laughs> vocals i think it gives you're all the individual a lot of space
1: i think it gives all the individual parts a time to shine is a better way to put it you know
0: yeah for sure and those, I remember one of the other songs I wanted to mention, because I said, you know, it's unrelenting in terms of its kind of um, raw attack, assault on your ears, but it's not all, it doesn't have to be fast all the time to do that. The the fourth to last track, mm-hmm. the ninth track, I guess, Axes was one of the ones that stood out to me because it was kind of like a slow burn almost, like the whole song, even though it's heavy the whole time. It still feels raw and angry the whole time. It's just they don't have to be so fast all the time.
1: Yeah, and it's like groovy in there too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that's the one that's doing like the uh that's why I can put this, is the hardcore just, just in it?
0: The whole time, yeah. It's like doing that
1: in the bass is just groovy in the
0: background. <laughs> yeah. So that was a cool track if you just want to jam to it. Yeah. I think this one um overall
1: had maybe What's funny is we both brought two albums that uh, kind of stay in their lane, if that makes sense. But I would say overall, I think yours has a little more um, diversity, if that's what someone's looking for, like a little more change up in sound here and there.
0: Yeah. But it is funny we both yeah, brought
1: something where I feel like the albums can be put on and it's kind of like a, you know, just one long listening experience.
0: None of the tracks really stood out too much from the others. They definitely felt like cohesive collections.
1: hmm And... I personally have always been a fan of that sound choice. I know some people aren't because they're like, "Oh, I don't have like a single to put on or something." You know what I mean? Like to add to the playlist yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But for me, I've always liked the idea of like a cohesive, put together like, uh, album.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, like, I used to be such a curator of playlists, um, and now I just I have so much more appreciation when I'm sitting around doing work to be able to put on like an album. You know, I know a lot of people put on like a podcast, a lot of people put on music, and I used to would put on a, a playlist that I had like heavily curated. It would maybe have just like one song from each band. But now I'm just like, just give me like a sound that in a mood I can get into, you know, for the next 30 minutes to an hour or so, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really what an album offers, obviously. Well, um, um, and I think these offer those consistent experiences. Well, imagine a place where you could get the podcast listening
1: experience. And one that curates to where you can find albums like that to listen to while sitting around working.
0: Yeah, ones with great album
1: art. <laughs> that I mean, that'd be a genius idea if someone came up with it.
0: What would they call it? Uh,
1: I don't know. They'd probably come up with some alliteration bullshit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm trying to think of some, some corny alliteration uh, spinoff. Um, but it would look good on a t-shirt can't deny the the underground <laughs> oasis does that count as alliteration if it's different letters uh, i don't think so right doesn't it have to be i think it has to be the same vowel sound
1: oh okay okay
0: or same sound so maybe it counts technically but i don't know i don't, it's too uh, I don't think i can
1: argue uh with you in this uh <laughs> department
0: <laughs> the english department
1: yeah specifically <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do you want to wrap
0: that one up? No, I want to try to think of some more alliteration. Oh, okay. Um,
1: mm.
0: <laughs> and what are some synonyms for 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 local or underground? Jeez, um, what the heck? Local. This is what this is what big tech does to our brains. Not Instant right. access to all information. I just need to Google synonyms, local, regional, <laughs> community.
1: Um, the regional neighbor
0: neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> neighborhood. <laughs> neighborhood nexus. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you should call this podcast I You're getting Jake, where you know it's, uh, it serves that that purpose of having. You know, a podcast experience listened listen to, but also a couple albums curated for you. So you can also get the albuming listening experience. It should be called, uh, you know, if it's based on local and underground music, maybe something like the, the Neighborhood Nexus.
1: <laughs> Dude, that's a perfect name for uh, our indie spinoff show, like Indie Rock, <laughs>
0: the Neighborhood Nexus. <laughs>
1: Neighborhood Nexus about, is like for music you'd hear in a coffee shop, you know? Uh,
0: <laughs> the neighborhood Nexus. It seems I don't know.
1: It also sounds like a failed social media network.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood Nexus. Sounds like a great idea for a podcast though.
1: Oh, it'd be a great idea for a podcast. I mean people love listening to podcasts, they love listening to albums. Just do it together. Has Does the bit gone a on too long? Like
0: that? <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. We're just getting started. Oh, okay. i think thinking, like, what would the logo look like for a Neighborhood Nexus? Mm. Like, what would there be like a couple colors? I'm trying to think,
1: what colors really embody local coffee shop music? It'd probably be like a coffee bean brown T-shirt. Oh, with yeah. with just like. White lettering, is what I'm picturing.
0: Yeah, or maybe like a sunshine yellow, like a Ooh, yeah, yeah, a yeah, dawn. No, that's definitely it. It is definitely sunshine yellow. <laughs> <laughs> and they just what they they do they have a does does this podcast at least have a breakdown of the week? The neighborhood nexus. <laughs> they talk where they have local coffee shop music.
1: <laughs> they take a minute to talk about their mental breakdown of the
0: week that they had. <laughs> oh yeah and then yeah that can help them through it it's a different kind of breakdown it's a different kind of breakdown but at least they have one at least that one is prepared (laughs) well in future episodes of our podcast we put the spotlight on local and underground heavy music not just you know coffee coffee shop music we'll try to do something like a breakdown of the week too but instead of talking you know just about personal breakdowns we'll talk about maybe about like I don't know, musical hardcore breakdowns? Stay tuned for future episodes. I'm Houston. And I'm Jake. (laughs) Uh, I guess. And this has been... Here, I'm just going to play the Breakdown of the Week sound clip, just because we have it. Um, And and, yeah, and we'll we'll play uh, two breakdowns uh, in a future episode. How's that? Breakdown of the Week! Oh, that was not what I was looking for. <laughs> oh, here we go. You're killing the bit. Like, whatever your bit is, you're just killing it.
1: I'm Jake, and I'm joined with Houston here at Neighborhood Nexus, Will we talk about your favorite Indian underground music.